Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hey everybody, this is Mike, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. We're here with a special guest, Jeremy Howard from Jambalaya Plays Games and Man Vs. Meeple. How you doing, Jeremy? All right, brother. Hey, party people, man. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a long time coming, <laughs> so let's get to some, man. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. We've wanted to have you on for a while. Uh, Jeremy and I met in person for the first time at PAX Unplugged this year, which was awesome. But uh, we have been talking a lot online, and of course, we're kind of all in the same solo content creator group, along with Liz Davidson and Jason Perez and all those good people. Yeah. Those are all my party people, man. Those are my those are my homies, man. Oh yeah, they are the best. Yeah, good tight, man. Even at a bad con, if I see all of you guys, I'll be having a good time. <laughs> yeah, we, yes, yes. Even if we have a bad con, we're gonna have a good con with us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. So real quick before we get to the episode proper, let me thank a few of our Patreon supporters for this episode. So this week we'd like to thank Chris Dwyer, a co-op fan. Joshua Davis, a co-op MVP, and Eric Maxim, also a co-op MVP. So Chris, Josh, Eric, and all of our supporters, thank you for all you do. And if you'd like to support the channel, go check us out at patreon.com slash one stop. Or uh, if you don't want to contribute any money, feel free to just join our Slack and comment over there. Check out our videos, uh, leave a review on iTunes for the podcast, whatever you feel like doing, we appreciate all of it. All right, with that out of the way, Jeremy, we're going to talk a little bit about your history with gaming, and then you're going to do a review with me on Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition from Elf Creek Games. Really excited about that one. Yeah, I, well, yeah, we'll save. We'll save all Well, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's save not the, blow save it all. Jeez, jeez, <laughs> Lord, Lord, look. Um, so, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I kind of started out with blogging, actually. I had a jumbleoutplaysgames.com, and then uh, that kind of was where I started. I actually went to Gen Con 50, and on my way... Actually, let's let's back up even more here. I had Kingdom, I had Kingdom Death Monster, right? And it was like my love, and it was like my lifestyle for a little while. And I wanted to go to Gen Con Fifty, couldn't afford it at the time. I sold my KDM, no, all the expansions to go to Gen Con Fifty. What on my way, all my way in the car, I just said to myself. I'm going to be a content creator. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> no cards, no prep. Just, I had been kind of talking to people because I was doing some play testing and stuff. But I had, like, I was just like, you know what? I can do this. And shout out to, like, Brent Dickman and shout out to, like, Mark Spector, Grand Gamers Guild. These people, you know, like, they kind of talked me over the ledge, you know, like, hey, just do it, you know? And uh, yeah, and that was the beginning. And I've been kind of, I was doing Jumble Live Plays games. On my own, con coverage, doing these podcasts with people, reviews, previews. I was with Board Game Revolution. And then, um, yeah, and then I made a shift from just doing that kind of stuff and pigeonholing myself to now being with Man vs. Meeple. This, uh, earlier this last year, eh, about April or May, and then I kind of started putting out content in August right after Gen Con. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing with them. Uh, I have a, like a solo Sunday thing where I play solo games live. I also do Kickstarter previews for them as well. And then I'm working on some other content, which you'll see this year, 2020, TBD. Awesome, man. Well, can't wait for all of that. And yeah, check out all of Jeremy's work on the YouTube channel, both his own, Jambalaya Plays Games, yeah. and uh, Man vs. Meeple. He's on there a lot for basically all their solo coverage and uh, Kickstarter stuff as well. And yeah, man, you're, you're just all over the place, which is amazing. 
Okay, so I was all over the place because uh, <laughs> I do do some promotional work too, like just actual promo and things like that to help you know to do certain things. But I I, I had to I had to kind of like I call it dumb it dumb it down a little bit. It's like what three things can you do? And that's I decided to do the solo content and then previews reviews I kind of lumped together. But like I'm starting another segment. I think that's going to be it for me because man, you can get swallowed up in all this stuff oh man trust me i i know it. we i mean we we know it better than anybody <laughs> yeah, those, those those lifestyle choices you make man yeah you know you gotta watch oh my it, gosh so. yeah for sure yeah it still blows me away that you're like this super kdm fan and you're like you know what i want to do i want to go to a con and sell all my stuff <laughs> I, I you know what man i'm one of those people that's like a big risk taker like i just kind of like I'm, I'm kind of a big risk taker but i also when I feel when I've experienced something like a KDM, which is a full lifestyle board game to me, it's a lifestyle board game. Like you can't just put down KDM and just go like, all right, I'm going to go and play like uh, Circle the Wagons <laughs> instead. Like it is a full lifestyle game. So, you know, in order to like move on from KDM, you have to literally move on from <laughs> KDM. Like you can't half step. It is a full on experience. It takes up tables, takes up binders and notebooks. It, it it's it's how far you want to go, but once you go into it, it can go all the way. We're talking about gluing figures together, upkeep books because you want to you know like start to remember what your civilization is trying to do. You you're you're painting now. You never knew you were a painter. Now you want to paint. Oh man, I, I I'm I'm all there with you. I mean, I I got KDM fairly recently. I haven't dove in completely, but I get it. I get it. Don't open the box, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's just it is. It's it's a it's not a good game. It's a great game. And uh, it's got some swingy stuff in it as far as roles go, but the moments are epic. I mean, when it goes sideways, you come back from a battle, and then you pull out that card from the town, and you're like, wait, these two people are fighting to the death? Oh, yeah, that, that was my first event. Yeah, <laughs> my and, first the guy, event. and the guy challenges your best warrior, and you're like, no, I can't roll a two. <laughs> and I'm just like, please don't roll a two or below. You know, it's like, it's insane. It's insane. Oh, man, absolutely. So. Yeah, and it's just so dark, and it's so hopeless. Oh, yeah. I like that because it's like as you develop the society, you get comfortable. But then <laughs> you just don't – like it, it can't be comfortable. Like all of a sudden you go to a fight, and then all of a sudden you get like your best warrior's arm is mangled or they can't reproduce anymore. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Well, but you, but, you still yeah. shook me with this idea of, like, just in your car having sold all your stuff. Like, I'm thinking of uh, Rudy Ray Moore with Dolomite. I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone with Rocky being like, I'm not selling it to the studios. I'm going to live in my car. It's, you know, you're like, I'm going to sell my favorite game to make this content creation happen. <laughs> I, I got I got to do it, man. That's the thing. If I want something, especially with games and stuff like that, the way I grew up, man, it's just like I can get it again if I want. I'll just yeah, sell it, that's you true. know. That's so that's that's how I see it, you know. Like if I want it that bad, then I'll sell just a chunk of this stuff that I have right now and get it again, and it'd be I'd be all in again. Well, yeah. So before we get into the full on Atlantis Rising experience and talk about that one, any other new games you've been playing recently? And hey, I know we're solo and co op, but feel free to throw out some good competitive games as well. What's been lighting your fire recently? So I, I kind of went through a little, little, little solo run here. I had um, I played Arena the Contest, which I thought was fantastic. Um, that's on Kickstarter. Yeah, Colin did a playthrough of that one. It looks good. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's got some things that are just so reminiscent of D and D. I mean, down to the fact it was just like attack of opportunity. You got like escape move. I mean, you're rolling the D twenty and just letting it ride. You know, like. 
it is what it is. It's not trying to break new ground. It's trying to create its world, and I'm fine with that. Nice. And uh, it's funny is, is I worked with that guy when I first started creating content, literally the first, like, three years ago. And that, that's how long it took Arena to deliver, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's so funny. I got that thing literally on paper. It was on paper. It wasn't oh, my like, God. It wasn't man. even on stock. It was on paper. <laughs> they, they sent you that deluxe prototype to try out. <laughs> he, sent me the, he sent me a – I was like, hey, when is it coming? He's like, oh, I got something good. I got a manila envelope. <laughs> 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 so if you guys own Arena of the Contest and you have it right now, like picture all that stuff coming in like a manila envelope. Like you got to visualize, brother. <laughs> well, there you go, Matt. You know, people say like too many miniatures. We don't need those miniatures. Just just go manila envelope, baby. That's all you need. Yeah, I want to see that be tested, you know. <laughs> I also played, and these are things that were just on Kickstarter. So um, like, uh, let's see, the Enchanters, Overlords. Oh, I don't even know that one. So the Enchanters is like, basically what you're trying to do is, is buy cards to take out overlords. And what this game does is, is it has a whole bunch of different types of decks that you blend together. And when you blend them together, you can buy items, you can take out monsters, and they have all these different conditions in to, uh, on how to beat them. And they kind of come across your row, uh, similar to even um, Century Spice Row, like they're coming across yeah, yeah. this row. And you're trying to take them out so you can get more points for the magic side and the, the, like the item side and the weapon side. And you're building this kind of like tableau deck that kind of adds to the, the stats. And then you're fighting them off. It's really simple game, but what it does in this Overlord thing, and I'm doing a really bad job explaining this, you actually have <laughs> these nemesises that you can fight, and you can fight cooperatively. And they have so many in this pack. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you get enchanters and you like enchanters, uh, you can get a lot of enchanters. I mean, we're talking like, you know, you know how. Um, White Wizard does their like does their games like Hero Realms and and oh yeah like like so, so fifty thousand mini packs right. with so for like cards sixty each, bucks yeah. right for like sixty bucks you can get quite a bit of stuff you know let's say you do seventy I think is one of their pledges it's like you get like a ton of stuff this is the same way with this one like you can get for sixty bucks you are with all the stretch goals because this these people are very you know popular like they have their their kind of core group you're getting. I mean, you're getting a ton of stuff. So that that's a fantastic little game that I'm kind of. I shouldn't say it's fantastic. I'm I'm kind of working my way through it to see. How, <laughs> you know, you know what? Because I need to see the different types of decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and you, that's you the need thing. To see like, if there's variety the, in the gameplay. The cool, oh no, there. that's the thing. There's like there's like twelve types of decks. Oh. So it's like each time we play, let's say me and you play, I'm going to take two types of decks. You're going to take two types of decks, and we're going to shuffle them together. We are literally like fighting this new deck. Like we're trying to figure out how to how to negotiate this deck. Then they also have town cards. All the town cards give you different rest actions and and fighting actions as well. And then you have your nemesis. So you have all these different types of things. And what I'm trying to figure out is if is it sort of samey? Yeah. You know, like it, it's different with this deck, but is it still sort of samey though? So that that's kind of what you deal with when you have variability or replayability. It's like is it just a lot of sort of the same thing? Yeah, it's like this guy has three instead of four. Now I, I feel like yeah, this is a plus one deck. You know, <laughs> this yeah, is the, you know, <laughs> this is the one that makes you get rid of your cards fast. Woo, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you know. But I'm just saying. It, but for what I play right now, it's actually really good. Um, and, yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And then finally, uh, Tiny Towns Fortune. 
this is the new expansion for Tiny Towns. And not a claim to fame as far as solo goes. But I happen to like this one solo because what this expansion adds is coins. And what happens is, is like before you kind of had to, I don't know if you know what Tiny Towns is. I've heard of it, but now I haven't played it. So basically you're doing like a little kind of a auction style thing where somebody goes, hey, you know, like uh, everybody pick up a cube in the, of this color and then you have to place it on your 5x5 five five town. And you're trying to fulfill certain requirements on these seven cards to build certain buildings that build an engine in the game. And one of the biggest issues with that game is, is of course, if other people are choosing a certain color, then you have to choose that color. Right, and let's say right. we're playing a five-player game. <laughs> you know, everybody's, you know, like could just start screwing you over, right? Uh, well, in this game, you can, um, if you get these coins by building two buildings at once, uh, you can start to put your own color out when they call it out. So you can do that. And then you get points at the end of the game. And then there's some buildings that kind of trigger an engine off that. So it's, it's a, a little bit better just simply for the fact of like now you're not stuck on everybody else's turn. You can actually spend these coins to put down whatever color you want instead. So nice, nice. Uh, just even something small like that and plus all the types of buildings that they add to them because honestly, that's exactly what they need to do. If you like Tiny Towns, add 20 more buildings. Great. <laughs> you know, like it, that's pretty much what it is. It's like, all right, we added coins. Okay, that was cool. And then 20 more buildings. Okay, that's what we really want. Cool. You know, so that's coming out in March. All right. So there you go. Three game previews from Jeremy. And uh, do you have video? You said you, you did a video of Arena. Did you do videos of the other ones already? Enchanters, no, because they, they sent it to me kind of late. But Arena, the contest, I'm definitely going to be working on a, a video for that because it's pretty epic. I got a lot of stuff. Um, and I was going to try to have it done by the campaign. But I was like, you know what? This one needs a lot of yeah, yeah, focus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to play around. I got all these expansions back here. I am not playing around. I'm going to give this game a full month of my time on a table and just come back. Nice, man. Hey, I'm just curious, uh, one content creator to another, how big is your backlog of games you want to cover in some way right now? Am I, is this is this mic on? <laughs> <laughs> is this mic hot? <laughs> if this mic is hot, I can't say. No, um, man, I, I you know, honestly... Maybe 30 yeah, or more. Oh, my gosh, man. Um, just because a lot of things do come my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it was like that before because you, when you do promotions and things like that, that's another part. That's just a different thing. So sometimes just stuff just gets sent to you as like a thank you and stuff. Sure, sure. But then, like, but then it, you know, sometimes it may be something I wanted to cover, you know, like, ooh. But then also just like because I do these podcasts, I go around to places like this and whatever. You know, man, it's just stuff. Some of these cool games, you get to see them early. It's like, and then they want you to cover it before, good, bad, or ugly, before it yeah. comes out. So oh, it's yeah, like, you're right. good, bad, or ugly, you know? So it's like, that's fine. And yeah, you get backlogged, man. Or, and then my Kickstarters that I backed and the stuff I go to the store. Yeah. And, you know, yep, it's like, yep. people just think like, oh, man, you just get all these games. My game group says, yes, you get a lot of games. I'm like, but I do buy them too because, <laughs> right. you know, like I do buy them too. like, And I do back games a lot. So, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a cycle. It's a whirlwind, man. So that's why I don't feel bad selling games, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. I, I get that. Exactly. It's just like, this has been sitting here too long. I need to like relief a shelf. <laughs> so. So, yeah, there's a lot of games I want to cover, man. If I had all mine, I'm probably 15 to 20. So yeah. pretty high, I'm, but not, not, not as high as you. <laughs> I'm just looking behind me right now, 
and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking, oh, my God. And I can't wait for Rally Man to arrive. That's just a sidebar to this conversation. Anyway. I've heard good things. (laughs) I've heard good things. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, good good stuff there, but let's get into the (laughs) main event. Uh, I know how I feel about Atlantis Rising. I'm not sure how Jeremy feels, although I have a little bit of a, uh, a hint. So for those who have not heard of the game, Atlantis Rising, this is a game going back quite a while back, and it was one of Colin's favorite co-op games. Uh, He talked it up, and I'd never even heard of it. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? But uh, (laughs) Elf Creek uh, resurrected the game. They had this new second edition with, uh, from what I've seen of Colin's playthrough and like reading through the original rules, tons of what I would call upgrades on the original game. But the basic idea here is you're on the island of Atlantis, uh, a cataclysm is coming, uh, the entire island is slowly sinking, and you are trying to gather the resources to build these components to basically get this teleportation gate up and running. You can't save your island, but you can save your people. So the kind of core thematic idea of the game is you cooperate or play solo. This is one to, what is the upper limit, like six or seven, seven players? Seven, seven yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, But yeah, so you play one to seven players, and you're all working together to uh, get the resources, build the components, try to keep the island from sinking too quickly. And uh, it's worker placement, simultaneous cooperative worker placement, mixed with some luck of dice rolling. Uh, The original design came out when, uh, what's going to call it, Stone Age was a big thing, so you got a little bit of a Stone Age influence in there. But yeah, that's the uh, the basics, and just to kind of go through the actual uh, turn mechanics quickly... Uh, You all have your workers. One of them is a leader, this bigger worker, and that kind of controls your individual leader's special power because each player has their own little player board with a special power. And you all simultaneously decide how you want to lay out your workers, uh, cooperating with each other, backing each other up. And a lot of the spaces will be to get these different resources, uh, diamonds and gold and that kind of stuff. And they'll have different target numbers. And the further out you go from the center of the island, the more likely you are to get the resource. But... Uh, If you're on the edge of the island, after everyone's placed their workers, you draw these misfortune cards, and they'll often make tiles of the island sink. Because basically, picture, uh, you can go look at a picture of the game or watch our videos on it, but a picture like six spokes of a wheel, sort of, and each one has different resources to gain, and each one has multiple tiles making up that peninsula. So you can kind of, you know, push your luck and go to the edge and try to get these resources or play it safer toward the middle. And uh, you can also build these components that either give you an immediate benefit or that give you, like, extra actions to play through. But, yeah, so you put your workers, you resolve the misfortunes, you resolve your actions, whatever order you want, uh, trying to get your resources and such. And uh, then you have to do the Wrath of the Gods at the end of each turn, which is basically just an increasing track that forces you to flip a certain number of tiles of your choice. And that's it. If you can build all the components and build the big gate, the tenth component, then you win. If uh, the entire island sinks or... Well, that's basically it. If the entire island sinks, (laughs) then you lose. So that's the kind of long and short of it about Atlantis. We're going to go into our review. Uh, Jeremy, did you have a chance to make a five-style list like we do, or are you just going to kind of talk through it? I'm going to I'm gonna talk through it. I got five, six-ish and stuff. Yeah, I got stuff. <laughs> All right, cool. So, so we'll, we'll switch off uh, back and forth, and we can kind of chime in on each other's points. So if you haven't heard our reviews before, welcome to the podcast. We go over five key things, or in Jeremy's case, maybe six, and uh, we just kind of talk about the, the most uh, important things about the design that stand out to us, or the experience of playing it, or the components, whatever we want to focus on. Uh, some of them could be good, some could be bad. So, Jamie, you want to start us off? What's a one thing you think really stands out about Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition? 
so I, I do like that they, uh, there's a lot of options in the game. Um, and that just goes with the levels that you can have. Uh, so it, it's a co-op game. It's punishing as it are, you know, by design. And uh, what I like is, is that if you're crazy enough, you can start, <laughs> you can use the basic setup and start with that. And if you don't win, you don't win. But they have um, kind of like a way you can level it up and change the things that you could, you have to make during the game. And also like how many of these controlled flood cards that you can put in there. And that what controlled flood cards are is they basically don't, uh, they do two tiles. So they flood two tiles instead of one, which is kind of how the game goes. They do it one at a time based on the card. Uh, but there's certain events that do more. Well, you can ramp up that pressure if you want. I just like having options. I like being able to adjust my difficulty in games just because maybe I've, you know, like I said, I've gotten through the first, you know, the first run and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm really good. And then you play the normal mode like I did on Solo Sunday and I got crushed. So, <laughs> but it's, but that's, I like having options. Uh, so that's something I really do appreciate. Although, like I said, the game is pretty punishing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and they do have a way to make it easier too, if you want to go that route with the uh, what they call them seas cards, right? The sort of yeah. uh, the opposite of those controlled floods. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I think uh, the options for controlling the difficulty in multiple ways are nice. I-, I will note with you saying you got crushed in solo. I was crunching the numbers, and I realized you get way fewer actions in solo yes. than you do with like two or three players. So I was like, ah, that's why I'm dying every time. <laughs> yes. Yes. So just a warning to those solo players out there. Either be ready to get crushed or play two or three-handed and make it easier on yourself. We will talk about that a little bit later on in the list. My number five is a good thing. If you all have heard me talk about Forbidden Island, I I don't know what it is, but I love (laughs) when pieces of the board disappear. Like, this is a immediate Mike is likely to enjoy the game kind of thing. And I like it here. The fact that the tiles are being flipped over, the water is creeping closer and closer. It's just a, uh, a visual representation of how the tension is increasing, but it also has a mechanical effect in that, like I said in the little preview, the uh, action spaces are becoming less efficient and harder to use. So it's like you're becoming more and more desperate for these resources, yeah. but the target numbers are getting higher and higher. You can't use those, those sweet, sweet outer spaces anymore they're gone they've sunk underneath the waves so I, I just really enjoy that i feel like along with what jeremy already said the game is punishing it, it, it's punishing in a way that amps up the tension you know it's not a real-time game it's not like it's making you sweat through like a timer it's making you sweat through just the visual fear of the whole island sinking beneath you <laughs> yes you know i'm thinking about it right now and i'm just like holding my breath because it's like uh, you really do feel like here's the thing you'll make choices and you'll be like, <laughs> as those those misfortunes turn, you're like, oh no, I should have put that there. You know? Oh my god, totally! I'm it's not like get uh. that tile back. I'm not gonna get that tile back. <laughs> or like, uh, there's one card in this this control flood stack, man. It says move yourself up that disaster track or whatever. The Wrath of the Gods track, yeah, yeah, one yeah. space. And if you get that one where you're like in the two, three range, like <laughs> think it just send your whole situation sideways. Like, and that happened to me early in the live playthrough, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm screwed, guys. I'm like, I'm gonna lose today, guys. You ready to go for a ride? You know, like so I like that. I like that tension in a seven player game we played. First time I played this game, I played it seven player. Oh my absolute gosh, man! Insanity, I <laughs> and I loved it. But I love that. Like, I it's, it's absolute insanity. Like, 
the the quarterbacking part of a of, of a game that's co op, it's like it's completely useless in a seven player game. It's it's utter chaos. Oh yeah, and and I like that because that's what it should feel like. The board is closing in on you. There's not a lot of spaces. You're seeing the the the, the twos and threes go away very quickly. You're seeing the the sevens the sevens and eights going away from the city. You're like, I need more people. I gotta risk it now. Or you're trying to convert your ore to the Atlantium. Well. We got to hurry up and do that because you need like 16 to finish the oh game. Oh my God, so, you need so much Atlantium. <laughs> you need so much Atlantium, but you can't one lane it. So you got to make sure yeah. you, get the, you know, get your devices built. And the devices are really cool. And to go back to my options, that that's another thing that's cool. There's a lot of different uh, devices that you can make. And you can, sh- you know, shuffle different ones into the game to make it feel different. And just by that sheer combination of those makes the gameplay like, you know, that, that replay value. That's actually, you know, real juicy. But like, yeah, man, seven player count is insane. <laughs> yeah, I I'll, tell you. I'll come back to those devices a little bit later. But yeah, I, I got to say, there aren't that many co-op games that play really high player counts well. And this one not only plays it well, but with the simultaneous actions where you're all placing your workers at the same time, if yeah. you know what you're doing, it doesn't even increase the playtime much. It's not like seven-player game is like eight hours long. Like You can still crank this out in like an hour, hour and a half, you know? And there's not really any bad choices. It's just that at certain points, there's really a focus that needs to be there. And yes. everybody has a responsibility because there's so many different champion people yeah. or the counselors or whatever. There's so many different ones of those. They all have these importances in the ways they can assist other people. So I I really enjoyed the way that this expands beyond the player counts. It's just like everybody has responsibility. Everybody has you know, like they can own something, you know, like I own this, I can do this for you. I can go to the flooded tiles and, or I can save someone if you guys get flooded and, and people, you know, they need you for that. It's not like, Hey, you do this, you do that, you do that. It's like at a certain point, you're like, Hey, we all need to put ourselves right here on the gold. <laughs> like we all need to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like, it's, 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 it's just a special game that way. All right, so I I think you've mentioned a few things. Let me jump in with another one of my official ones. Uh, My number four is the Misfortune deck. We've already talked about this several times, how you're flipping these cards or sinking the tiles. Now, this one is not all positive for me. The one kind of thing to look out for, and this this will bother some players not at all, people who don't mind a little bit more randomness. It'll bother some players a lot. But the Misfortune deck has some special events that can come out, and they can, like, royally destroy your plans for, like, an entire round. Uh, the, the one that is, oh my gosh, there's, there's like, ones, uh, oh, the, the worst one, the worst one. You, you have to build these components to win the dang game, right? Like, you are on a timer, because you only have a certain number of rounds to get all these things built. There's this one card that, number one cancels all the components you're going to build this turn. So all the workers over there waiting to build something, nope. Malfunction. Yeah, yeah, a malfunction. malfunction. Now, it also cancels all the workers on the components you've already built that are doing cool things. Like all the the best actions in the dang game that you built toward, they don't do anything. I, I had a, in my last solo loss, because I've had a lot of solo losses with this, I think I had five workers out of like seven get canceled by that crap. <laughs> yeah. How about catastrophic flood? How, uh, how about three tiles? So basically yeah. you're getting the wrath of the gods. And let's say that happens early in the game. Like yes. very early in the game, because you just don't know what you're about to do yet, and now you got to make a three tile decision. Knowing, <laughs> you know, like you're still in the zero. Like, what if that happens the first round of the game? You've lost three tiles, or like this one, the counselors lack of support. All the counselors don't have their abilities this round. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, man. I mean, oh like, my gosh. Th- there's some tough ones in here, and yes. if you, let's say you get two of them. 
you're playing solo out of the four cards you draw. That's tough. I mean, you're done. <laughs> Sometimes that's it. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much, yeah, that's it. Like, there's no way to work yourself out of that. But we'll talk about that in a second. You ready? Oh, yeah. Go, well, yeah, go ahead. Hit me with another All one. All right. So mine is luck. Okay, so of course, yep. this yep. is a game. You're rolling the dice. Is there enough mitigation? Yes. And maybe no, depending on for how you feel about it. Yep. So yep. there's a couple things you can do. You have your mystic energy. You can use those tokens, these little kind of like orb marble-ish kind of things. They are used to do several things in the game. But one thing they can do is bump up the die one. They also help you keep library cards, which are these cards that give you abilities. And some of those abilities will help you also with your rolls and other different things as well. But what they ultimately do will build these like kind of like barrier things that can stop a tile from flooding. For at least one, like if you get a control flood, that's two. But this is one, so it blocks one. So that's one of those things that helps you with bad luck. So it kind of helps to turn and, and stave off uh, some of these flood tiles. And sometimes towards the end, that will help a lot. Oh, you sure. also can use those uh, if you use, save up to, what, five, I think it is. You can yeah. unflood a tile. So you have this luck that, that goes on there. You also have these counselors that can help you with rolls and allow you to re-roll. You have cards that can help you re-roll or add plus two to those things. So you have these things that will help you with luck. But, I mean, man, this game is punishing. Oh, my <laughs> Just, gosh, it's punishing. I mean, like you, flip those, you flip the deck the wrong way, and it, and it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Sometimes it, it comes down to the fate of the cards. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just that, like, if you lose hope early, it's like being down by 20 in a football game or a basketball yeah, game. Yeah, it's yeah. like once you lose hope early, you start making erratic decisions and you don't necessarily prove your mouth. You know, like, you don't really fight back. And I feel like this game can have that happen. Also, the luck of maybe you being ignorant. So let's say you are playing your first game and you're not paying attention to the rules and you just kind of pick some random stuff out of these devices you have to make, and you kind of just get a weird combination of them. You just choose the wrong ones. And you don't know this about the game and how hard it's going to be or how to use those worker placement spots on some of them. You could actually, like, build a whole bunch of useless components. <laughs> or, you know, like, I mean, you could build some good ones. Like, the A ones are all good. They're, like, unflooded tile, get, get all these things. But, like, when you get to those worker placement ones at the in the middle, like the Bs and Cs, you want to have like the perfect ones, you know, like you want to have some good ones that'll kind of help you replenish resources or like trade in one resource for two resources, sure, sure, sure. exchange and things like that. Cause there's a lot of management towards the middle of the game. So yeah, it just, there's luck in this game. You got to be aware of it, but I just let you know that there's is options. It's just that sometimes it just doesn't matter. The deck is going to kill you. You know? Or the dice. Or the dice. Or the like dice. You just it, yeah. can't roll a six to save your oh. life. <laughs> oh, and if you're playing solo, that's the thing. Like, you're playing solo, and we'll, I, I'm going to use that, and that's going to be one of my ones. But, like, when you're playing solo, like, you even have a thing that gives you plus two on your rolls. You can roll a one, and you still need to get to seven. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's it's right. like, oh, my God. You know, like, you're no way. And it, can, and, and it might be at the wrong time, and you're like, I had all of it lined up. No. Yes. You know, like, so it, it happens. Yeah, man, and, th and that goes right into my three, because my three and my four are both about the luck. The three is focused on the dice, the four is focused on the misfortune deck. You covered it really well. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of give away my opinion a little bit. I really, really like this game. You can probably already tell that. Yeah. But, th like, the one variant I could see myself playing with this game is the only design decision I'm like, eh, really? Because I'm fine with randomness. You do gotta go into this game with your eyes open and understand there's going to be some luck. But I just wish... If I mess up my roll, or if I get my worker taken off 
by some dumb thing, you know, or by like the malfunction card making him useless. I just want like half a mystic energy. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I want like some little consolation prize for my dumb butt getting his action taken away. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I stumbled upon this. There's one of these guys, one of these people that when you get flooded, you oh, can that guy move, is... move them to no, no, th- okay, not the one that's on the flooded tile. This is one, or, or maybe, or maybe it's on a library card or whatever. One of those artifacts. When you get flooded and you're on a tile, you can move all the people on that tile to the middle of the board. Like that was a saver because oh yeah. Let's say you get flooded. You know you haven't taken your action. You're just like, oh, I'm screwed. Well, let's say you there was three guys on one of those spots, right? You move them in there. You get three of those. Like you get three of the mystic energy. So it's like, woo, okay. Bad consolation prize, but it's something, you know? Yeah, that, so that's what I mean. Like, I, I would love... I mean, the, the game's fine as is. I don't want to tell people, like, you need to play with a variant. And and I've not played with any variants, and I've still enjoyed every play I've had. But I could see myself down the line, especially if I'm playing with my kids or something, being like, oh, oh your worker got wasted this turn? Here you go, have a Mystic Energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just just slide him something so he's still feeling good. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, Jeremy, uh, hit us with something else. Okay, well, we kind of talked about the theme, huh? Well, no, no, get, get into it. I mentioned what it was, but you didn't say if you like it or not. So this is the thing. I like the theme. They actually said this is Atlantis. Is, uh, they talked about it being in the Bronze Age and things like that. So they kind of – one thing I like about publishers and designers, if they do just a little bit of research and just kind of say, hey, like even if this is fantasy or whatnot, like this is where we got the information from. And I, I just love that artwork and design and it. And it comes through. They're like everything is so beautiful and bright. Yeah. And uh, the theme, you know, it just goes into this theme. But for me, and you said this before, I love this feeling of, and I'm, and this is coming from a guy who does not care about theme at all. Okay. <laughs> I'm a gameplay over everything, dude. I, sometimes it gets me like Nemesis theme. Theme is like supreme. Sure. But sure. like this, like I don't care at all. Like just give me a good game. This one you can't deny it. You are flooding. And it's beautiful when it's when the, all the tiles are face up, and it's even more, and it's just as beautiful when the tiles are flipped over. Yeah, man, yeah. And everything that's happening when you flip those cards, especially the ones that have like these events that we just talked about, like that's thematic. It, it feels like, oh my god, you know, like the the people are losing faith. The uh, you know, like this 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 flood, this uncontrolled weather event happens, and now we can't use our mystic barriers. You know, it's like. We're trying to get these spells. Everybody hurry around and let's go ahead and make this new thing here. And when I'm playing this game, I'm like, this is, wow, this is an experience. The game is an experience. And if you're going to have theme, you know, don't have to do it. And they didn't have to do it. This game is, is very thematic. And when it checks the box, it checks the box. And when it misses, I will let you know. <laughs> but so this one just hits it. And I like that, man. I just like that a lot. Yeah, and you bring up a part of the theme that I kind of forgot to mention, but it's 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 subtle, but it's really nice that it's there. This idea of the population, like, not believing you that the island is sinking, and then, like, kind of getting on your side. And you see that in, like, just little thematic touches. Like, uh, you had mentioned you can recruit more workers, and as the island sinks more and as the Wrath of the God gets worse, it becomes easier to recruit because people are like, oh, maybe we should actually try to save the island. Yeah. And, and then, like, a lot of the events will be, like, there's a sabotage one. Like, you have some yes. person who's, like, just gone crazy with, like, the desperation of the situation. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to blow it all up. So, uh, yeah, I love those little touches that, like, really bring this desperate uh, survival situation to life. Absolutely. 
I also like this little sideboard, and this is kind of component-ish, but like that little side, you know, the little sideboard where you put all the pieces in there. Yeah. It's just so cool. It's like, hey, we're going to take our little workers and put it on this completely different sideboard. And yeah, with like these nice right. slots. I mean, yeah. the components here oh, dude, are, the components are are great are for like for a smaller company. Oh like this is beautiful stuff, right? Oh my god, we are we are in a gust fest. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go are ahead, in a man. gust fest. But like, you really are like you're like, hey man, like you take your misty energy, you take your gold, you take your ore. We're all gonna put ourselves on this spot and we're gonna build this component. And then you are gonna go here and you're gonna go here, and you're doing this the entire game. And at the end of the game, everybody has to contribute. Yep. And then you have to boom, all be on that center it. spot and build it together. That's right. So, pit, so picture that in a seven player game. That was such a crazy moment. Oh my gosh! That right there told me I was like, "This is a very good game." Like seven people blabbering like crazy. You have this. Do you have that? Do you have this? Give this to me. I'll do this. It was crazy, and it was awesome. That's great. Yeah, like that right there. I was like, "Okay, theme matters in this game." Yes. All right, so I got a couple more. I think we've talked about all these in some way, but my number two was the components and the component actions. Uh, you mentioned that there's a big variety of them, and I found uh, in my plays that it has a pretty major effect which ones come out and which ones don't, and like what's because you use a, a nine out of twenty in a given game, so a nice amount of variety. And yeah, like the uh, the actions on them are great, and they can really change your entire strategy. Like Jeremy mentioned, there's one where you can trade in one resource and get two back. So it's like, oh man, you know that uh, that diamond that you need to roll a six for and you can never get? Hey, no worries, man. Now we can get it uh, over and over again repeatedly. We, got, we don't have to worry about those dice. So yeah, it's like really neat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, especially in a higher player count game where you got more workers running around, you need those dang spots. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, we can't all fit on the dang island. Like, let's build some mystical like laboratories and get some stuff done. So they have ones that like you can stop a misfortune from happening. That's yes. clutch. There's one that you can go dig one out of the deck. Yes, yeah, that, those I, are like clutch. So you better believe I'm using that for malfunction every dang game. <laughs> right, I know. So if you're setting this game up and you want to go up a level, it's like sit down, go through what ones you think will help you the most and, and have a good time. But like I said, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going in blind. You're like, ah, oh, we'll just mix whatever we want in there. You know, and it's like, no, nah, dog, you can't do that. Well, and, and they were nice. I think the rule book has like a suggested like start the game with these exact ones. Don't use anything else. Use these. So they take care of you a bit on your first play. Definitely. All right, I only got one left. So what else you got, Jeremy? So are we going to just talk about how it is to play solo? Because I think we kind of talked about big player count. Yeah, well, you, you get into it. It didn't make my list. But yeah, talk about solo and how it feels and how it's different. So solo, you are, and this is, I'll call this true solo, right? True solo is when you're only playing with one player. Well, in this game, you are playing with one player and your little disciple people. But what happens is, is you have this, this kind of a specialist type guy, the hologram. So what it does is it represents another player's counselor, and you have a deck of these cards that represent each one of them. You take out two, and then you choose one for the round. So now you have at least one more person that you can use with abilities to help during the uh, during the round. And it actually is really interesting because it gives you, you know, like different options every round. You're like, hey, I needed that person right now. Or, you know, I don't like the Mystic, but they can do this thing for me that I really need this round. That's kind of good potential. Like, I need an extra library card. Great, you know. There's that, and then you also have this automaton. And the automaton is just a, a worker that has to be placed with one of yours. And it helps you with rolls. It can help up the two characters get plus two to their die roll. And... 
for a game, like you said, that's based on die rolls. It's yet another way to help you, you know, on these bigger number rolls. Now, that goes back to the luck thing we were talking about. You do, I believe you math it out, it is, it's less actions than, what, even a two-player game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's about half as many as a two- or three-player game. So it, it's tough. I mean, it's very tough. So you have to really, really be efficient, and I mean efficient in the way that you best can, you know, and uh, hopefully get some uh, favorite roles. I would say if you're going to play true solo, just know that the, it, the odds are stacked against you. And also, you really got to dive into those library cards and yes, get them. Like, yes. Because if you don't have library cards, and what they really are are just a whole bunch of ways of just beating all the rules of the game. It's like, <laughs> hey, for, hey, forget all your worry. Uh, take these two things. Uh, forget all your worries. <laughs> make your die six. So those cards are awesome to have and the artifacts that constantly give you things. So oh, yes, when I you play that. solo, like that is the thing. You've got to have those. And then maybe you get like a really cool ability that round that you choose and you're like, oh, wow, that really synced up. So I just want you to know about the true solo count. Otherwise, you know, playing two or three players, not a big deal at all. You play a two-player, you'll still have the hologram. Play a three-player, that might be the sweet spot for, let's say, a solo player. Yeah, I've done one, two, and three solo. I think four felt like a bit too much in terms of the powers to manage, yeah. Yeah, I think three is a sweet spot because there's not a ton. It's really just... Hey, I want to do all these actions. Well, now you have workers to do all those actions uh, versus like, oh, whoa, this is an upkeep for this person. This is their deck and da, 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 da. You don't have all that. You really just have like the workers and what you're trying to achieve. Now, well said, man. I totally agree with everything you said. So uh, my, my last thing, and this is my number one for the game, my favorite thing about the game. We've talked about it already, but just to kind of emphasize the point, I love the simultaneous worker placement and the, the great cooperation that that brings along with the counselor abilities. Because all these counselors, like all of them, pretty much, are set up 100% to like make interesting combos with other players. Yes. You know, like you got the uh, Aquanaut, I think she's called, who can go into a flooded tile, like the best tile that got flooded early in the game, and use that ability anyway. But oh man, if that gets flooded, it's not going to work. Oh, but here's my guardian. He's going to block that space. He can cancel the flood there. I got you covered, you know, or uh, oh, we really need some gold, but I don't have enough mystic energy. Don't don't you worry. I'm giving you a free reroll. Now you can reroll that all you need and you're going to get the better odds. Like, I love the conversation I have when I play this game. You know, first of all, it's, it's fast because you're all doing it at the same time. But this is not like a play your side. It's not like, you know, some games of Spirit Island where you can kind of stick to your side of the island. Like you are talking. I got gold. You got Atlantium. Let's build this component together. Like there are conversations going on constantly. And you are you are figuring out how to best help each other out constantly. And And like Jeremy said, like you play this with seven people. Well, I guess yourself. So you play this with six people. <laughs> And it still works. And you still have these conversations. Now, it's craziness. Like, you can only have conversations with, like, one person, maybe. Then you, you lose track of everything else. But it is a triumph of, like, nice design that goes with the thematic stuff that this is such an engaging, like, action phase. Like, this, this is where all the decisions happen pretty much, you know? Like, what am I doing with my actions? And it's the best part of the game. So, yeah, for me, definitely makes this game sing. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback on that. Like, that was the thing. It's like... It's true co-op, and I like that. It's like, yes, I have this ability. Come with me here. You know, yes, I can do this for you. Yes, we're going. You're going to exchange this. You're going to exchange these things with me. I'm going to go over here and build that this round. 
you know, let's build this thing and this thing because next round we're going to use these components to add this and add that. Well, maybe I'm feeling risky. I'll put this, I'll put this work on here and roll a D6 and see what happens. Maybe I'll get a resource. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's the highs and lows that you feel with people at the table, which I really enjoy too, because there's a point in the game where, and it's going to happen. There's no game where you'll be like, oh man, we only got through half the tiles. It wasn't oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it'll be like round three. You'll be like, wait, how are we supposed to win this game? <laughs> so it, but it's fun. It's like looking at the reactions of this game. I'm sitting here watching people and they're like, how are we supposed to win this game? I'm like, don't worry. It's, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. I don't know, man. It, it it really works. It just works. When I first got back in the hobby and I was kind of looking for games to buy, I saw this one. And I saw, I think I was watching like Ricky Royal or something like that. And I was like, man, this game's really cool. And it was out of print. So when this came around and I, you know, I really like Elf Creek games. I know the people behind it. They helped me when I started, started, started. And I heard they were bringing this game back out. And I was like, man, what are they doing to it? What did they change? And like... And this is a home run, man. Like this is this is a home run. And I can honestly say from solo all the way up works for me. It just works for me. It is I always say it is the full experience for me cuz I I like that kind of stuff. I like that yeah, yeah, yeah. tense kind of stuff. So, yeah, take my opinion with a grain of salt, but man. Whew, I had a good time with this one. Yeah, well, we're basically doing final thoughts, so I'll just piggyback off you. I, I guess I should have chosen a different guest. We could have had, like, the naysayer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let us rise. It is terrible. Oh, like fun. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, for me, again, for me, because I'm like you, I don't mind that random mix. I like, like, heavy co-op in my games, but I also think the solo experience is great here. I think this is a excellent game. I kind of made fun of Colin when he was like, oh, this game's one of my top games. I'm like, man, nobody's even heard of that game. What are you talking about? Right, right. But especially with the second edition, with how beautiful it is, how they've uh, they've changed some rules, at least in my opinion, for the better. Yeah, yeah I, I think this is a great game. Like, I love the variety. I love, love the simultaneous stuff. Now, like Jeremy said, it's not going to be for everyone. So just some cautions. Uh, you know, go watch our playthrough. Colin did a new one for uh, the, the new version of the game. Um, and I think, uh, Jeremy, you're doing a, a live play of this? Yeah, I did a live play on Sunday, so it should be uploading, I think, this week or next week. Nice. Yeah, so, so check out uh, Jeremy's uh, live play of this. But the card decks might make you upset. The dice luck might make you sad. You know, so you need to be in the right mindset. You need to come in understanding there's going to be some randomness, and you could be screwed by that. But as long as you feel like that's okay, as long as that's not going to ruin your experience... I think this is a great game. And I think for like heavy gamers and for casual, like if you play on the easier difficulty setting, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's no, it's not definitely gonna not going to be easy. But like you can just sit down with, you know, like your non-gamer friends. Like this is a, it, it's it's a step up from something like Forbidden Island or Pandemic, but not, but barely a step, I would say, you know, like half a step. I, I think uh, any anyone I would play those games with, Forbidden Island, Pandemic, I would play this one with. And yeah, it's it's a it's a lovely game. So you know, as long as the randomness doesn't put you off, check this one out. A uh, big recommend for me for sure. All right. So uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the episode and just uh, <laughs> joining me to throw some love at Atlantis Rising. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed. It. I'm glad you brought me on for a very positive review. <laughs> we could talk about something maybe we differ on maybe in the future, huh? Yeah, 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 let's have you on again for a game that uh, one of us hates and see how that goes. 
All right, so go check out uh, Jeremy's work on Jambalaya Plays Games, Man vs. Meeple. Uh, and where else do you want people to check you out, Jeremy? What, what's your socials and such? Well, I really would mainly like you to check me out on Man vs. Meeple because I kind of have steered away from Jambalaya Plays Games at the time being. But you can find me on there. I have Solo Sundays uh, with Jambalaya. It's on Man vs. Meeple's Facebook page. But you can wait a week or two afterwards, and usually on Mondays they show up on the YouTube page uh, for Man vs. Meepo, and I do some editing and put silly stuff in there to make fun of myself making bad decisions. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just always I, I express myself a lot um, when I'm playing games, especially ones like this. So yeah, go ahead and you know check it out or come hang out with me live. And other than that, previews, reviews, stuff like that. Jamba PG is my uh, Twitter handle, and you can just follow me under Jeremy Howard on Facebook. I pretty much post stuff everywhere, so you can find me. Awesome. Yeah, so such a pleasure to have you on, Jeremy. We'll definitely have to do it again soon. And to all of you out there, thanks for listening. We'll check you out next week, and we'll see you at the next stop. Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to talk to us all is on the Slack. See the show notes for details. Also, you can support us on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash one stop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week with another Top 5 list.